Hello and welcome to The Sweetest Little Life. I am so glad you're here. I am your host, Courtney Hansen. With each week, we will have exciting new guests to grow spiritually, develop personally, and learn how to step into our purpose authentically. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the next 30 minutes of connection with the mind, body, and spirit. Hello and happy Thursday. I am so excited for today's episode. We are chatting with Lauren all about hormone health, how to balance the hormones, foods to eat, functional medicine. We're covering so many topics and it's so juicy. I'm also elated because I woke up and didn't have to bring children to school. We are officially schools out for the summer. I don't know about you, but I am pumped. So without further ado, we're going to kick off summer break with an amazing guest full of knowledge and hear her journey, story, and wisdom. Lauren, welcome to The Sweetest Little Life. I am so excited to chat with you today. So many juicy topics. I could not pick just one. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm excited to be here. Oh, so good. I'm ready for school to be out and embracing summer. (laughs) Yes, I know. I'm ready for more sunshine for sure. Yes. So I always like to kick off the show and really just allow the audience to connect with your story and how you got doing the work that you're doing right now and what that looks like for you. Yeah. So I actually grew up as a competitive gymnast and then decided to go to college on a competitive cheerleading scholarship and kind of like switch gears a little bit. And so with that, there were some things that I already knew how to do, but there was also some things that were completely foreign to me that I had to learn. And so, you know, my freshman year in college, I was studying communications. I took one nutrition class just to see if it was of interest to me. Um, and at that same time that I took that class was also coming off of my first season and realizing that I wasn't, it's called making mat if anyone's ever watched the show cheer, but essentially just means like, are you going to play? Are you going to be someone that contributes? Right. And, um, realizing that I wasn't going to be someone that contributed in the way that I wanted to. And so I, you know, took this class and I really started to apply some of the things that I learned in the class to my own nutrition and just like completely transformed my performance and the way that I felt. And it was just like these radical changes that were made within a couple of months. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And I really became like addicted to learning more. Right. And, uh, you know, then I, you fast forward a couple of years and I started to deal with some digestive issues, was starting to deal with some hormone issues and I was finishing up my cheer career. And so I was already going into school to become a registered dietitian, but decided that, you know, I really wanted to learn more about what, what, what was functional medicine and what was hormones and digestive health and really specialize in those areas. And so, um, that's when I really started to dive into some more like advanced trainings and really couple those with what I had learned, you know, as becoming a registered dietitian and things just unfolded from there. I, you know, started my career as a collegiate sports dietitian. So I was working with Olympian athletes. I was the coordinator of nutrition at UCLA. And so, you know, I was really immersed into like this setting with other very, you know, high level competitive women or, you know, uh, very young adults, I guess you could say, um, who were also dealing with similar issues. And so I saw that there was a need for women that were active or that were high achieving 
that needed help in these areas. And so that's when I decided to leave college athletics and start my own private practice. And that's kind of where I've been the last few years. Amazing. Oh my gosh, what a journey you've had. Yeah, yeah, definitely was. I think everything really, you know, funneled into each other really nicely. But I think that, you know, as we go through our own challenges in life, it really helps you identify where your purpose lies. Absolutely. So right now, where you're working just the private practice, I say just the private practice, you're working at the private practice. Yeah. So I have my own private practice, my own nutrition business. And so I uh, essentially see individuals one-on-one through nutrition coaching. And I am based in Los Angeles, but you know, I've got clients that are all over the country. And then uh, I also have a membership that's called Strength and Hormones. I have courses. And so some other ways that people can continue to learn and connect that aren't just like the one-on-one work. Right. Uh, that's amazing. Let's talk a little bit about hormones. Let's uh, in the woman body. Can you break down what are our main hormones? Yeah. So I think that most commonly, at least I know growing up, the main, when I thought of hormones, I thought of estrogen, testosterone, right? And I think that that's what a lot of women think of, but we actually have so many more hormones than just that. We're actually finding new hormones all the time um, through research because their, you know, science is continuously emerging, right? And so we have everything from our reproductive hormones, which do, do include estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, luteinizing hormone, follicular, follicular stimulating hormone, these hormones that help us reproduce, right? And then once as women, we go through menopause, they start to decline because we're no longer in those fertile years. But we also have hormones that are also involved in reproduction, but control other functions in our body, like our thyroid and how that regulates our metabolism and impacts our digestion and growth of our hair and our nails. You know, we have hunger hormones that impact uh, satiety and appetite and how much energy we consume throughout the course of the day. So there's so many within the body. I mean, we could do 10 podcast episodes just going through every single hormone, right? But (laughs) those are really the main ones is the reproductive hormones, thyroid hormones, uh, hunger hormones, and then adrenal hormones. That's really where I focus on things when I'm working with women. Right. What are some signs of women, like if their hormones are out of balance? And I got to tell you, I got to jump in on this story because- when I had my third baby, I had postpartum depression horribly. And um, I had a C-section. He was born at 32 weeks. And I had never experienced a hormone imbalance, believed that they were a real thing. Um, it, I, I was, it was way before my journey. <laughs> and so I really experiencing that, I felt like I was going to die with my hormones being so out of balance. Like I wasn't myself. I literally was crazy. And so can we touch a little bit about some signs that we can catch before we go off the deep end as I did? I really like (laughs) to go like balls in. So, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean – it's, I know, and it's so hard around like that pregnancy time, right? Because things are changing and you almost feel like you have no control over it, right? Because you are, uh, you know, giving everything to develop a baby, right? So, you know, there's only so much you can do during that window to really be able to help support things because your body really is like taking over, right? Um, but yes, I mean, everything like you mentioned from mood to sleep, uh, energy levels, libido or sex drive, um, our skin, our digestion, our metabolism, 
um, all of those things are going to be impacted, right? So for most women that shows up as how they feel on a daily basis, um, you know, if they're happy, if they're sad, if they're able to sleep, right? Uh, how they look on a daily basis. So that your skin, your hair, your nails, your weight, right? Um, and then also your menstrual cycle. So that one is very easy for women because it's something that happens every single month. It's really like our fifth vital sign of an indicator of, okay, everything's probably functioning as it should or not. Right. Um, but also if you're not menstruating or there's a lot of menstrual irregularity where you're having really bad PMS or you're having a lot of variation within your cycles, that can also be another sign that there's some imbalances going on. Okay. I, I know it's it's really amazing to me how tied in hormones are to how our body works in general on all layers, on all levels, from sleep to energy to everything. So do you have, do you tie in your dietitian expertise within the hormones? So like, are there certain foods women can eat to really balance, if you will, I guess, the hormone system? Yeah. So that's really my belief is one is that I believe that our bodies are meant to prosper. Like our bodies are extremely intelligent and we should have hormone balance. And so Mm -hmm. if we don't, then we have to ask the bigger question as to why, what has caused these hormones to become imbalanced? What has impacted the brain to then communicate with the endocrine system differently than it should? Because everything really does come from the brain. So that's where I really am with someone that has very complex hormone imbalances, trying to get to the root cause of what that issue is. You know, for some women, it's there's inflammation going on in their gut. It could be that there's nutrient deficiencies in certain areas. Um, It could be that they have environmental toxins like mold illness that are impairing their ability for their brain to then communicate downstream to these different organs to make hormones, right? So um, that's really part of it is identifying what is the root cause because a lot of that we can actually change through the way that you eat, your lifestyle, supplementation, those types of things. Um, But then in someone who maybe has something more, um, you know, that's a little bit easier, such as like just has bad PMS symptoms, well, we know that PMS is a cause of high inflammation. They're coming from what's called prostaglandins. And there's tons of foods that are out there that can actually inhibit the prostaglandins. So, you know, there's a lot of things that we can include in the right quantities before leading up to your period to really help mitigate PMS um, and really help with that hormone balance. So yeah, I truly believe that food, it has the power to change how our cells are expressed, right? And so food is really what's going to be giving us the building blocks and also helping our body communicate as it should. Now, what are foods that you suggest are like absolute no's, obviously fast food, crap like that, but what are some common things that people may miss? Because I'm sure you've got some secrets up your sleeve on foods that are like, don't eat that. Yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely like the do not eat list, right? Which is, as you mentioned, you know, like processed, refined foods, things that drive inflammation, um, you know, lots of sugar in the diet, lots of alcohol, lots of caffeine, like those are all not helping our hormones, right? Um, But I truly do believe that there is balance to everything. And I like to really focus things more from a place of inclusion. What can we really focus on including into the diet rather than excluding? Because I think Mm -hmm. that for so many women, they already have a negative relationship with food. And um, I really want them to feel like they're empowered through the way that they eat and through their hormone health. 
Um, so I really emphasize with women is like one, you know, are you getting enough fiber into your diet? Because fiber is going to help with our digestive system. Our digestive system is how we remove all hormones. And that's really important for our body's total hormone balance. So, you know, a lot of women aren't eating enough fiber, even though many think they are, um, or they're not, not the right types of fiber or, um, not the right balance of it within the diet. So, that's really big, but I would say like even more common than that, which may even feel counterintuitive to a lot of women is just eating enough. Like so mm. many women are under eating and what happens when we under eat is it tells our brain, like you are not in a safe place to reproduce right now. How could you have enough fuel to be able to grow a you know, second life? Right. Um, and so that is one of the biggest things that really impacts hormones is just that chronic under eating or going long periods of time without eating, you know, not eating within a balanced way whenever you do. And when we can shift that and change that and women can understand how they should be eating, how much that really helps be able to change hormones. Right. And what does that look like? Like how often should women be eating? I've heard every two hours, every four hours, I've heard three meals a day. You hear it all. What is for your experience? I know you've worked with hundreds of people. How, how should an average woman be, you know, her daily kind of food routine? What does that look like? Sure. So I think it looks different when you're in your reproductive years versus when you're postmenopausal. So okay. I'll cover more like reproductive years. And then if we want to go into postmenopausal, we can as well. Okay. Um, but most commonly or most, you know, for most women that are in their reproductive years, we really want to focus on having a good solid breakfast within the first hour or two upon rising. There's, it's very trendy to intermittent fast. But... I was just going to ask that. You yeah. beat me to it. I was yep, like, what about yep. intermittent fasting? Yes. I mean, I see it in so many women that come to me and mm -hmm. it is like dismantling their hormones because that's the same thing. Fasting is a stressor on the body. You know, you're like telling yourself, you're telling your body, I am in starvation right now, or I am not eating. I have low blood sugar. And the body's like red, red flag, red flag. Let's not make hormones. This is not a safe place. Right? So it's all comes back to is like, safety. Like how do we put the body into a place where it feels safe? Women are not meant to fast for days and days on end. If you go back to, you know, hunters and gatherers, like that's not how things worked, you know? So right. I think really like having a good solid breakfast that is not just coffee uh, first thing in the morning is really important. And then I really like women to focus on eating a good balanced meal or snack every four or five hours from there. You know, I think some women, they go too long where they're like get caught in meetings and they end up going eight hours between meals. And then other women maybe are kind of still following like the old recommendations of eat every two or three hours because that supports your metabolism. Um, but we really want to allow for enough time so that we can drop that blood sugar between meals. You know, our body can become very metabolically flexible and help clean out the food that we just put into our digestive tract so that that's not then driving inflammation. Amazing. I know. So when I was in yoga, when I was actually going for my 500 hour yoga certification, um, one of the things that they suggested to us, and you have to keep in mind, like we were doing yoga for like seven hours a day, sister, like it was like intense. Yeah. And one of the things that they told us, they're like, yeah, you need to intermittent fast. Mm. And we had to do this huge nutrition class. And I was like, this doesn't sound right. And I was so 
fucking exhausted. Like, I couldn't even move. Like, you know, after you do 80 sun salutes and then you're not eating on top of it? Like, no muscle can be built. Your body is just in survival fight or flight mode. And then by 1 o'clock when you can't eat, you're like, I'm not even hungry. So then it, like, throws off the entire rest of your day. So I relate so deeply to what you're saying because it is so trendy. Yeah. And the minute that you said that, I was like, oh, my gosh. so I know so many women that are doing this. And it's like a a band-aid. Like, it's this quick fix. Of course you're going to lose weight because you're not eating. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. People think it's, like, a miracle solution. Like, if you look at the research – they're the, like they're the same caloric restriction whether you fast or not it's the same I think that there's efficacy for older populations where mm-hmm. there's a lot of difficulty with like you know tapping into stores and things of that sort but I mean that's like we're talking about like over 60 years old you know um, right. which most women I'm working with they are not in that age bracket so yeah I think that it's really important that women are eating breakfast and that it is happening regularly throughout the day which I know can feel like okay, this is a lot of work, you know, but there's so many like simple strategies and so many things that are out there that make it a lot more easy for you to be able to do that, that can make it really, you know, help support your lifestyle. Absolutely. So what do you think of all the fad diets and things like that? Absolutely not. I mean, I don't, they're not based in research, right? So, um, there's like pieces that we can pull from each of them. Right. But Everyone is uniquely different. So I'm going to have a different answer for every single person. Right. And, you know, with like, if you're talking about like keto or fasting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Like it's context dependent, you know, for some women, it's helpful um, in certain situations. But for majority of women, it's not what's needed. But like, I really do base things based off of how someone's individuality is responding. Like I don't subscribe to this does not work for you. You know, I really, it bothers me when someone's like, that is never going to work for you. Well, it might work for someone in this specific situation. So let's keep an open mind to it. Let's explore the pros and cons, try it out, see how the body responds, you know, rather than just saying like, I'm anti-keto diet. This doesn't work for anyone. Right. So, and I know some people, I I feel like, you know, you see like people eating like a whole thing of bacon. Like that's obviously not yes. healthy for anyone, but it's all about balance and whatever you do. So what are, would you say if someone is really lacking energy right now and they're looking to build up that energy within their bodies and maybe their hormones are off balance, what are some good starting points? Mm, yeah, this is such a good question. So the first thing I would say is to sync your day and your eating to your body's internal clocks. Uh, yeah. So that is like the one thing that really can go such a big way is waking up first thing in the morning before you touch coffee, before you get into work or stressing, get outside, get some sunshine, you know, really support that circadian clock, that cortisol production first thing in the morning, and then try to keep your meals on a really good schedule. It doesn't need to be militaristic, but to where you're not really deviating much more than an hour of when you normally eat because the body, every organ runs off clocks and our body is really smart. It knows when it's time to poop. It knows when it's time to consume, when it's time to digest, right? So the more that we can really keep everything moving on a very similar schedule, you're going to really notice improvements to your digestion, your energy, your metabolism as a result of that. So I would say that's the first and foremost thing that I would do. The second thing would be to look at is, are you eating enough vitamins and minerals? I know that that sounds like super basic, but I can't tell you how many times I assess someone's diet that they're lacking in so many things because 
our world is so much about convenience of, you know, eating the exact same thing every day, picking a protein bar instead of a real food snack. And like those little things may not feel like they're really making that big of a difference, but they do add up because then you're not getting in enough of vitamins and minerals and stress depletes us of vitamins and minerals, poor digestion depletes us of vitamins and minerals. How many women have poor digestion and are stressed? I mean, I mm-hmm. can tell you it's something I see all the time, right? So just even eating more plants, uh, you know, and I'm not vegan, I, I do, you know, prescribe by a plant forward diet, but I think that people really need to be focusing on more plant diversity at each of their meals, like eating the rainbow, getting enough of those vitamins and minerals into their diet so that you can give your hormones the building blocks. Like that's what gives you the selenium, the magnesium, the zinc to be able to make and convert hormones. So if we have those building blocks, we can build the house, which is our body. Absolutely. And I feel like when you are eating colorful, if you will, you feel like it's a different level of how your body feels in general. Like you feel lighter almost and Mm. floaty and everything seems to flow better. Like when you're eating really heavy at every meal, like obviously your body's going to respond to that. Yeah, totally. And a lot of people will think they're like, oh, it's the, the meat or it's the cheese or it's X, Y, or Z that I'm eating that's making me feel heavy. But I'm like, let's change our focus. Maybe you're not eating enough of the right stuff. Let's start there Mm -hmm. first, right? And then, you know, if we still aren't feeling more energized from that, okay, then let's explore like your individuality of if there is something we need to remove. Oh, I love that. I really like how you come at it at a a space that is so doable, obtainable, if you will, because it can be so overwhelming when you're scrolling and there's all this data input coming in about hormones and about our health and everyone says something different and everyone's way is the best way versus realizing like, and you really nailed it on the head, I think when you said it's not a one size fits all, like we all have different bodies, we're all wired differently it's it's amazing to see people's progress and I'm sure you've seen this time and time again with different modalities and how it works for some people and it completely won't work for the next person yeah absolutely and I think that the more that you just invest a little bit of time or energy into finding out exactly what your needs are like doing some good advanced testing you know, looking under the hood, seeing what your body truly needs, it helps you be able to not listen to that noise. It's on the outside and really just focus on you and know that it is one size fits all and that this is your size. This is what you fit into, right? And this is how you should eat. And I think that for women gives them so much peace because like you said, so many women are being infiltrated every single day with information, do this, take this out of your diet And I really want women to feel like they're empowered, that Mm -hmm. you have an amazing body, like you literally create life in your body. Um, You know, there's so many things that you can do to be able to support your body rather than always thinking about how do I degrade my body? How do I remove things? How do I restrict myself further? Oh, I love that. What are some, if when someone goes to the doctor, I don't know how to word this question. When you go to the doctor and they do just a basic hormone test, that often will come back regular and your hormones will still be completely out of whack. So what do you suggest that when women go in to get their hormones tested, what do they ask for? Yeah, it's a good question. So unfortunately, a lot of the testing you're going to get at your doctor is not great testing. Um, mm-hmm. And there's two reasons for it is that one, they're not running complete panels. And so it's really hard to make sense of anything unless you have the complete picture, right? Right. 
Um, the second thing is that they aren't doing them in a controlled setting. So for example, when I test someone's hormones, I'm always having them do it at a certain point within their cycle. And that's typically right after they ovulate, because that's how I can get the cleanest read on where the progesterone levels are, where their estrogen is, because that's when you have the highest total hormone output. But a lot of times you go into the doctor, you find the first available appointment. They don't tell you to fast prior. Um, you go in at any point in your cycle and then they're like, everything looks normal, but you don't even know what you're comparing it to because your hormones are constantly changing throughout the cycle right? So it's so important that you're going in with a controlled environment like that. Um, and it's also really important that you're getting complete panels because when you go in to get your thyroid tested, a lot of times they're running just TSH. All TSH tells us is how the brain and the thyroid are communicating. It tells us nothing about how many thyroid hormones are being made, how many are actually getting into cells and tissues, which is what is going to determine if you're symptomatic or not. Um, and then to, you know, that point as well, majority of women have an autoimmune thyroid condition, which if you just test TSH, it doesn't actually look at antibodies. So you really want to, you know, advocate for yourself and make sure you're getting the complete panel that has, you know, all of your reproductive hormones, all of your thyroid panel. And if you're not able to get that, then that's where I'd recommend going to someone who's integrative or functional like myself so that you can get that full panel and really know that you have all the information in the right setting to be able to analyze things properly. Oh, thank you. I think that's going to help a lot of people because I've heard that many a times of, I, I don't know how to do it. And they're saying everything's fine, but I don't feel fine and they won't do a full panel. Yes. Then yeah. that's where you come in. Yeah. And a lot of times people <laughs> don't, I know. And I used to take insurance when I first started in practice because, mm -hmm. you know, that's what people wanted. And, you know, uh, I wanted to help yeah. as many people as possible, but the medical system just has so many limitations on preventative Insurance care. Insurance is brutal. Yeah. yeah. And so they're like, we'll cover this one test. We'll cover that one test. And I'm like, that, that really doesn't have me, that doesn't help me help someone, you know? And so mm -hmm. now like, you know, we can use like HSA and FSA and, you know, submit to insurance afterwards. But yeah, it's just, it's really hard when you try to use the insurance system because they're trying to shortcut so that they don't have to fund as much as, as what you might want. Right. That makes total sense. Okay, I, I know we're over on time, but I have one last question because I just think that this will flow beautifully in and the audience will really benefit from this. Can we talk just a little bit, and I mean, time-lapse story version of where women can thrive within their cycle, like when they should be resting during their cycle, when they should be working on projects or creating, when they should be going inward, all these the, of the four different areas of that. Could you break that down for me? Yes, absolutely. So your cycle really has four phases. Uh, when you start your period, day one is considered the menstrual phase, and that's when you're bleeding. And then you move into the follicular phase. From there, then you ovulate, which is a very short period of time. And then you move into the luteal phase is that final phase. So um, truly, and the menstrual phase is when your body's using up a lot of energy to, you know, shed the lining of your uterus if no pregnancy occurs, right? And so it's a very energy intensive process. It's normal to feel tired during that time. It's normal to feel like you don't have any creativity because of that. Um, it's also normal to feel like you need a little bit more sleep and to feel more hungry. Our resting metabolic rate actually increases by about 5% 
during those first couple of days. And that's equivalent to about like an extra snack per day. So um, those are all things to really honor during that time. And then once you get into day three, four of your period, that's actually when you have the lowest hormone output. And so you might actually feel like you can really go for, do hard workouts and like really stress your body um, from a physical perspective. That's the time when women actually can like PR, they can hit personal records is during that period of time. And so kind of similar as you transition in the follicular phase, that's when your body really has a lot higher capacity once you finish your period, you know, to really handle more projects, more creativity, you have higher energy, um, you know, you are going to be able to handle a little bit harder workouts and not feel like you're as sore and you're, you know, dealing with recovery issues. But then once you move into ovulation, I typically like for women to really kind of like draw inward again uh, and really give their body a little bit more space if they need to. You might have a bit of an energy burst during that time because your estrogen levels are really elevated and estrogen makes us feel pretty amazing. You have really good libido. You feel really confident. Um, you feel just like very flowy during that time. But ovulation is also a pretty energy intensive process. So because of that, you might feel like you do need to also rest a little bit or that you might need to adjust your typical workouts to be a little bit lower impact because of that feeling that you're experiencing. And then you move into the luteal phase, which is about two weeks long. And that's the last phase of the cycle. And um, the luteal phase is, you know, your body's really starting to move into that menstrual phase. And so that's when you're generally going to experience a lot of those PMS symptoms. So it's really important that we're thinking about stress reduction, that we're reducing caffeine, alcohol intake, um, you know, that we're really focused on uh, making sure you're getting enough anti-inflammatories and fiber into the diet, really supporting our liver health, because that's going to help prevent a lot of those PMS symptoms that can make you feel really moody, that can make you feel, um, you know, even sad. I mean, estrogen is really great for our serotonin levels. So when those hormones drop off, as you enter that late luteal phase, it's very normal to feel like you are just more sad or that you're more cranky, right? So right. I really just recommend for women to try to honor that. And there's a lot of things that we can do through like nutrition and sun and things to be able to boost that serotonin. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for touching on that. I just didn't want to end the podcast without yeah. having that little tidbit. Because I think that's really important that we, you know, we become in alignment with our body and we step into that space of being able to really sync with where we're at during that cycle period. It's so important. And I always tell women, you know, my passion is like in helping you understand how to work with your body rather than against your body, because so much of everything that we learn is working against our body. It's like following research that was done on men. It's, you know, going against your body telling you that you're tired and still waking up at 5 a.m. to get the workout in before work, right? But yes. when we listen to our body and we honor it, and we're like, oh, that's why I feel that way. Okay, let me pull back here. Let me tap into this there. You're going to feel so much better. And everything else downstream is also going to respond a lot better because you're honoring your hormones. Absolutely. I know. When I, so funny. When I first got on my spiritual path, it was like I was waking up every day at 5 a.m. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a millionaire this year, right? Yeah. So, um, and to do that, you have to get up at 5 a.m. Apparently. So I was getting up at 5 a.m. And I was, I'm the type of person in just my body. I need like eight to 10 hours of sleep to even function. Like I've always mm -hmm. needed a lot of sleep. It's like my biggest downfall, I guess. But 
um, when I was doing that, I was only getting like four or five hours of sleep and then trying to push through the day and I kept getting sick or getting the flu or I got COVID a few times. Like it was like any germ that touched me, I would get sick because my body was so fucking run down. I just couldn't even, you know, function. Totally. I know, but that's what you're supposed to do, right? And that's what's going to make you successful. And so you follow that path, but you're not going to become successful if you feel like crap all the time, you know? So it's, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's a total mind F. Yes. I absolutely love that because I feel like when we are, you know, stepping into that space of being able to be energized and listen to our bodies that even if we have less hours in the day, they're more intentional and productive than hours of being like, what am I doing? I have brain fog. Exactly. 1000%. <laughs> okay. So I know that the audience is going to want to connect with you directly. And um, is that possible that they can hook up with you on the gram or where's your hub spot that you hang out? Yeah. So uh, my Instagram handle is at nutrition with low. And I also uh, have my women's only membership, which is called strength and hormones. And I also manage that handle too, uh, which is at strength and hormones. Amazing. And I'm going to put this all in the show notes too. So if you guys forget or want to go directly to the links, they will all be there. And I just thank you so much, Lauren, for all your expertise and all that you're doing for women. And it's just, it's, it was such a good talk. And I love hearing all about this. I could talk about this forever. <laughs> no, me too. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, I'm so glad to be able to connect with your listeners. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you have a takeaway or something from the conversation that really just resonated within your heart center, I would love to hear about it. Please leave it in the comment section so we can give you more of this content. As always, please subscribe, save, and sharing is caring. We love you to pieces. Have a beautiful and blessed day.